So we're, we are starting a new series. You've, you've seen it. It's uh, Be You For Him. You might have heard. Have you heard that before? What does that mean? Help me out. Be you. Be who you are. Completely who you are. For your own glory? No, for the glory of God. Be who you are for him. Living a spiritually gifted life is really critical if we're going to have any chance to live fully into who he's called us to be. And we're embarking into a critical time for us as, as at Arbor Point Church as well. This is a very important time. So it seems that it, to me that if we can identify and live fully into the follower that each of us are called to be, then this church is going to become a place that will draw people because people want to sense the power of God. They want the Spirit of God to be moving in them. Amen, Caden? You know, Caden just went through Emmaus a few weeks back, and the Spirit of God did this to him, (laughs) (laughs) grabbed hold of him. You know, and we want that in our life. And when that happens, and, and now we're in this community, and the Spirit of God is moving through Drew Ray into the high school. And people go, what in the world is up with Drew? And Drew gets to say, I just love God. You be who you are, everywhere you are, but you do it for the glory of God. And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. But we have to be willing (laughs) and let go of fear in order for that to happen. Too many times we get in in proximity to other people and we get afraid. What am I going to say? What if they don't like me? What if I say something that that doesn't go over well? What if they reject me? What if that is all junk? I'd use a different word, but we are in church. (laughs) That's Satan stuff. You know, that's he wants to bind you. He wants to keep you from the freedom that comes from embracing and living as a spirit filled, God following child of God. Because when you say yes to Jesus. That means you become a spirit-filled, God-following child of God. Say this with me. There's an old friend of mine, Joe Spink. He used to do this. I'm a child of God. You ready? Go ahead. Stand. You can't do it sitting down. Stand up. And, And his right leg, right arm. You ready? I am a child of God. Amen. Thank you. Know that. Grab that. Let that not be words, right? Let that be a heart thing. You're a child of the living God, the all-powerful God. And if we embrace who we are individually in this church and we live it out communally as Arbor Point, the congregation, God will move mountains. God will move mountains. If we don't, then we'll be just another church. I don't want us to be that. I don't want to be that. I know that you don't want to be that. We want to be moved by God. We want to see God move in, in people's lives and in our lives because that's how it works. There's this give and take that happens when we're involved and engaged in that way. So we're going to spend time with it. We're going to spend five weeks with it. Spiritual gifts are given to each of us. There is not a single believer who does not have a spiritual gift. You're going to hear that a lot because it's true. Yeah, and most of us, by the way, have more than one. But if, if, if you're, well, I don't have any gifts, lie from hell. You're going to hear that <laughs> a lot, too. That's a lie straight from, from, from hell, from Satan, trying to convince you that you are not the child of God that you are called 
to be. And, and we're letting that go. Rebuke him, rebuke all of that stuff. He has no place here. That cross sets us free from all of that. We're called to live freely into who he has called us to be. So our process going forward is going to be, uh, today I'm going to do an overview of the, of the five weeks. Uh, then we're going to, next week, Andy's going to focus on the gifts. And you probably, or you should have anyway, there's some more on the back counter, but in your bulletin. Um, and by the way, there are resources online for uh, small groups. If you're not in a group, the resources are not password coded. Uh, you know, grab them. Utilize this for this, for this study. Uh, so we're going to focus on gifts that support the body of Christ next week. That's apostleship, prophecy, evangelism, those things you see there. And then it's gifts that serve the body of Christ. You see those listed. Uh, the sign gifts, miracles, healings, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then probably the most critical part is living into that. Is how do we live into what we're called? How does this apply to me? How, how do I know my spiritual gifts? And by the way, there's a spiritual gifts packet and inventory on the back. We used it for shape. If you want to grab that on the way out, then um, certainly you'll be a, a step ahead. You can look, you can fill that out. You know, Corey is absolutely right. When you buy stuff for people, do you think about it? Yeah. Y'all are quiet. Yes, we, we think about it, we, we plan, we, you know, some of y'all even do the wrapping thing. How many people are wrappers? You even go take time to go pick out the right paper and the right bow and the right box. Baggers, you got to get the right bag and, the, and you, you got to mix the colors so that they're, t yeah. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> But what if, especially with our kids, now that you give them to your kids and they just put it off to the side and go about their business? No, thank you. How would that go over, Vicki? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go over very well, but for us as Christians, what do we do with the gifts that God has given us? Because God has picked out gifts for us. He gives those gifts to us. And what if we never take the trouble to pick them up? We leave them on the shelf. We ignore them. Because that's where most spiritual gifts end up. We get busy and, and we don't take the time to try to draw near to him so that he can draw near to us, and we want that to change here. See, our vision is to inspire people to fulfill God's calling in their life. We want to be a church of inspiration, to inspire people to fulfill God's calling in their life. Now, the way to put that is to lead people from where they are to where God would have them to be. You know, wherever we are, you know, God has a plan for us, and we want to work together to become who he has called to be you for him. We want to lead people from where they are to where God would have them to be. And that's an important thing for us. And this series was designed by a gentleman named Chuck Swindoll. 
to help us make that move. And so today we're going to start with some questions. The first one is, what is a spiritual gift? So what is a spiritual gift? In 1 Corinthians 12, the term gifts appears six times in verse 1, 4, 9, 28, 30, and 31. You write that down? You don't need to. The first one is, is a little bit different uh, because it's, the word, it's translated as the word gifts, but that's not actually the same word as the others in the original Greek. What it would be is verse 1 s- says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware, uh, but that actual text would read, now, now concerning spirituals or concerning spiritual things, I don't want you to be unaware. Translators supplied that word gift because it fits, it, it's a correct translation. It's, it's with the theme that Paul has going on in that chapter. In the rest of the passages, the word gifts ca- is a rendering of the Greek word charisma. What is charisma? Attraction. Yes. Okay, charisma. It is attraction. It is inspiration. It's when we, I don't know, inspire people to fulfill God's calling in their life. That's what we want to be about. We want to be a church of inspiration, a church that, that, the, that charisma is, is throughout. Not our charisma, the Holy Spirit's charisma. And inspiration comes most often when we tell our story. You know, what God has done and is doing is one of the most powerful things in our lives that we have to share with somebody else. We started this whole series back in the fall talking about learning to tell our story because it's really critically important, and I really want to emphasize that. We're, we're in a focus this year of invitation to invite people. But that's a, you know, hey, will you come to my church? Is You know, that's not a real strong, why w- okay, thanks, but why would I come? But if, if you're involved with, with a ministry here, let's say John Landis, who was, who was here earlier, you moved. You're usually over here. That's good. <laughs> so John Landis, who, who heads up our firewood ministry, right? So we go and we cut and we split firewood and we deliver firewood to families who use wood for their heat, and we don't charge anything for it. So John's in the community, and, and he's talking to somebody, and he's, you know, and then they're just having a conversation. He said, you know, the, we're doing this really cool thing. We provide firewood for people in our community in need. Well, how much do they have to pay? Well, we just provide that through our church, through Arbor Point Church. And God is doing amazing things at that place. You gotta come check it out. That's a different invitation. Oh, this is a place that's involved in their community, making differences in people's lives. And I can get some exercise. And John would be glad to have (laughs) the help. But invitation, we need to learn how to, to tell our story. That's what I want to reframe the idea of invitation. Yes, invite people, but, but invite them around things that are going on in your life. What difference is Arbor Point making in your life? Because if it's not, then engage. Let me just say that out, out front. I, I, if being here doesn't matter, then I encourage you to engage in a group or in ministry or in mission. You know, Wednesday night we're doing sacred marriage. You're invited to come to that. We have a women's Bible study. The youth are going on. Children have, have um, God loves going on. Um, you want to volunteer? Uh, Corey will not turn you down. Uh, <laughs> Harold won't either. You know, so if you want to engage, there are opportunities throughout the week to do that. You know, it's important for us to do that. Arbor Point Church 
it, it's not the Arbor Point Church part, it's the Holy Spirit working through Arbor Point Church part that's really important. But if you're not engaged, then that's not going to happen for you. Just not. If, if, if you just come in w- once in a while and, and you're not participating and being a part of, you know, you're going to get what you put into it. And you're going to miss stuff is the bummer about that. You're going to miss stuff because God wants to do so much more. You know, I get to, w- Corey and I get to meet every week and I get to hear what's going on in Grow to Be You and, and some of the stories that she has from, from the day school. And one of these days we'll get around to, you know, putting all that stuff on a screen for you. Um, the children's ministry, the things that are going on in the lives that are being impacted by these kids who are growing to be who God created them to be. There's a lot that, that happens here, a lot that we can share Share the grace that God extended to you because that's what's going to move others. And that makes sense when you look at the the root of the word charisma. It's the word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, and that's another Greek word. It's a Greek word for grace. Now, grace is God's unmerited favor. We don't earn God's grace. God gives it to us. If I had a present and I put it right here and it said grace, it would be for you would be your present they'd have on there it'd say tammy and then tammy you would have the choice do i want to go and pick up that present or do i not because he loves you so much that he gives you the opportunity to say no and that present is there and then it's up to us do i want will i go will i accept that gift that's unmerited favor you don't earn god's love You don't earn it. It's given to you. God is giving something to us beyond our ability to comprehend often because we're such a, if you do this, I'll do that. You know, there's this give and take. God's, God's not, that's not God's love. God's love is there and it's waiting for you. William McRae defines a gift as follows. As to its essence, a spiritual gift is an ability an ability to function effectively and significantly in a particular service as a member of Christ's body of the church. Now, Mike mentioned this earlier. Spiritual gifts are not natural gifts. We're born, we have a genetic predisposition and, and ability to talents and gifts. Spiritual gifts happen at our conversion. They're bestowed upon us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the giver of, of spiritual gifts. So, so that's an important distinction. God certainly uses our natural gifts. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But spiritual gifts are not the same as the talents that we have. So question two is, is there a difference between the gift of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts? The an- short answer is yes. The gift of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts are different. The first is singular. The second is plural. The first is the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit himself, the part of the triune God. Is, is that gift. The second are the gifts that the Holy Spirit imparts to us. So there's a big distinction. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as another helper given by the Father, not only to be with them, but to be in them. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. And the promise of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And that's what I pray. How cool would that be? If, if the Holy Spirit came and tongues of fire and all the stuff that happened on Pentecost. Pray for that in this place. 
Who gives and receives spiritual gifts? Well, God, or gifts are given by the Holy Spirit according to God's purpose. 1 Corinthians 12. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Holy Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and another the gift of healing by the, by the one Spirit. But one and the same Spirit it works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as the Holy Spirit wills. And God has appointed in the church, church first apostles and prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administration, various kinds of tongues. The recipients were clearly all believers. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For by one Spirit were we all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one who imparts those, those gifts to us. I will say this, that 1 Corinthians 14, Paul, now the church at Corinth was enamored of tongues and, and signs, and, and so they were really getting off track. So verse <laughs> chapter 12 through 14 in your Bible is trying to help them with that. In chapter 14, Paul does say that it's better to, to seek after prophecy over tongues, which would indicate that praying for specific gifts is okay, but please understand, the one who imparts these gifts is the Holy Spirit. You can, you can certainly pray, but the Holy Spirit is going to give to us the gifts that the Holy Spirit chooses to give to us. One of the reasons it's so critical that we come together as the body is that you have different gifts from me, and, 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 and Stephen has different gifts from you. <laughs> Why am I not remember Teresa? <laughs> I'm like, we're in Wednesday night group together. <laughs> you know, and Albert has different gifts from Miriam. We have different gifts, so when... I'm missing, or you're missing, or somebody's missing, then the body is not whole. And we want the body to be whole and to be complete. Your gifts are essential to the health of the church. Does the Bible give a list of spiritual gifts for us to consult? The answer is yes. yes. You will see these, and you'll see them broken down, uh, as I mentioned earlier. But underneath, you're going to see 12.12.4.4 is uh, something to remember. It's 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, First uh, Peter 4, and I believe it's, a, is it Ephesians? Ephesians 4. Those, that 12, 12, 4, 4 is a way to remember where the gifts are located in Scripture. So in First Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, First Peter 4. So if you're going, I wonder where those were, and you don't have your handy-dandy cheat sheet, you're able to kind of grab a Bible or go, go to your, your phone and, and look that up. So, yes, there is a list of spiritual gifts for us to consult. Does every member of Christ's body, we've answered that. The answer is yes. The scripture reference is 1 Corinthians 12. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For now God has placed the member, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. Can I lose my spiritual gift? No, you can't lose your spiritual gift. You can neglect it. You can not accept it. It can be sitting here. You can shelve it. You can ignore it, but it's still your gift, and it's there for you. Uh, Romans eleven twenty nine. it's not specifically about spiritual gifts, but Paul, I think, is giving us uh, a divine principle. Uh, this from Swindoll. Uh, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. The gifts of the, su are, are, of the Spirit are not subject to recall, which is a good thing. How do we discover what gifts we have? 
This one dog gives us five points on this. And um, that's why I encourage you to do a spiritual gifts inventory if you have not. The first is to be informed. Research the gifts, the parameters of each. Involve yourself in another group. We have a group that we did, uh, we've done once and will continue to do called SHAPE. And it's uh, finding and fulfilling your unique purpose in life. And we're going to continue to do that. Uh, the one area that I think will adjust was that we didn't do the follow-up that we needed to do with that because I needed, it should have been meeting with the people after the class to make sure that we talked through that. SHAPE stands for spiritual gifts, heart, which is what are you passionate about, A is abilities, P is personality, and E is experiences. And, and all of those things come together <coughs> to help us to discover our unique purpose. But the spiritual gifts aspect of that are, is given to us by the Holy Spirit. So the first is to be informed. The second is to be open. Don't zero in on one thing. Well, uh, that, that's the one that I, that I want, and so I'm going to ignore everything else. Don't do that. Third is to be available. Be willing to be used by God in different areas of ministry, and then check it out. You know, we talked about that in shape. If you're unclear, go serve in that area. It'll become apparent whether this is an area that you're called to. The fourth is to be sensitive. Carefully evaluate the effects that your gifts have on others around you. And the fifth is to be sensible. Oftentimes we see somebody and then we go, I want to be like them. And we try to force ourselves into a fit that's, you know, kind of the, the round peg in a square hole kind of thing. Be patient and don't try not to do that. Um, even if you like the gift of somebody else, you are called to be you. And that, that whole be you for him is so important in this because you're not called to be somebody else. Be who you are, but be who you are for God's glory. What if we don't exercise our spiritual gifts? Well, this is a matter of obedience. Are we going to be obedient to who God has called us to be? Romans 12, 6, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to each of us, let each exercise them accordingly. If we're obedient and we're followers and not just fans of Jesus Christ, then we're going to be seeking out who is it that God called me to be and living into that. Failure to, to do that, failure to exercise our gifts, by the way, will have an adverse effect on the body of Christ. You know, I, I've, I talk about that a lot, and, and I sometimes think, you know, maybe it's, you know, when you talk about something a lot, that maybe it stops being heard. But when parts are missing, you know, we're just not as healthy as we could be, and we got parts missing. Every one of these empty chairs represents somebody in our community that needs Jesus, that needs to experience him, and needs to experience the spirit in a fresh and new way. Every one of these chairs. And we got more chairs in the back. It's really important that we embrace the idea of being here and engaging with one another, engaging in a small... I know not everybody can make it every week. I'm not beating up on people for that. But... The option, what, what's happening in the church is it's becoming optional instead of something that we do to be a part of. We belong to one another, and it's important for us to embrace that idea. Church is where we are and what we do through the week as well, but when we come together as believers, it matters. And, and when, we, when we choose not to do that, then, there are, when then we're just not as healthy as we need to be. So if you're a believer... It's your responsibility as a faithful steward and a follower of Jesus to discover and develop your gifts. If you're a believer, you are responsible for this. This is a part of being a Christian. 
If you're not a believer, then the greatest gift of all is waiting for you. It's waiting for you. It's the gift of salvation. It's the gift of a new life. And it's under the tree. And it's offered freely to you. Let me close with a scripture passage and a prayer. This is John 3.16 and 17 because I, I just don't like to separate them anymore. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that through him the world might be saved. That's the goal of Christ. That's the goal of God. He wants people saved. He wants eternity with you. He loves you that much. Don't let your gifts stay unpicked up. Okay?